Welcome to Unlocking Meaning in Christian Relationships. This podcast is all about discovering knowledge that will allow you to love yourself and others in intentional ways, which is ultimately the key to unlocking and living a life full of meaning. I'm your host, Daniel Wilson, and it's time to dive into today's topic. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm sorry it's been so long since I uploaded an episode. I do not have a good excuse for that. I apologize, and I will work on being better moving forward. Um, However, I'm super excited for today's topic. The title is, Am I Selfish for Having Needs and Expecting Others to Meet Them? Um, Obviously, every living thing has needs. Plants have needs, animals have needs, humans have needs. If it's alive, it needs something in order to stay that way. And... Some needs are more core, more fundamental um, than others. For example, for us humans, we would die if we didn't have enough water or food. But we we can get by all right if our feelings are hurt or we aren't getting our emotional needs met. However, this podcast is all about unlocking meaning and living a life full of joy and fulfillment And in order to do that, um, not only do you need food and water, but you also need these other needs that are um, a little more peripheral to to be met. Um, And I want to start off with some examples of how Jesus had needs in the Bible, specifically the New Testament. Um, In Luke chapter 2, this is the story of when he was a young boy and... He was found in the temple teaching and talking to doctors and all these people that were a lot older than him. Um, And the story is crazy because he's 12 years old and he kind of like stayed behind when his family left and they come back a couple days later worried sick because they couldn't find him anywhere. And this is what um, his mom says to him when she found him. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And he went down with them, and came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. I like this story because it shows that Even from a young age, Jesus had this need for independence, for self-expression, for freedom. He he was the son of God, and he had big plans while he was here on earth. Um, Yes, he was subject to his earthly parents, and I think it's cool that even though he had these divine purposes on earth, he still chose to obey them and to follow them and to respect them. I think that's awesome. But at the end of the day... Um, he still wanted to kind of do his own thing and teach other people and start um, doing his father's business. Um, So obviously, Jesus isn't going to die if he doesn't have the chance to express himself in this way and pursue something that's really intrinsically important to him. But it is something that probably was very meaningful to him, that he got to teach about his Heavenly Father and um, tell other people about him. There's another example in Matthew 14, um, and this is explaining when John the Baptist was killed, 
And John the Baptist was Jesus's cousin. And when Jesus found out that John had been killed, um, this is what it says in verse 13. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. So Jesus finds out that his cousin died, and he wanted to go somewhere to be alone, probably to grieve, to have some alone time. Um, and all these people came, and he saw them, and he had compassion on them, and he ended up serving them and healing the sick. And this is also the same story with uh, five loaves and two fishes. So he, he fed them as well. So he put his needs to the side for a second and focused on other people, which is awesome. Jesus is the perfect example of being selfless and loving others. Um, but as soon as that multitude was taken care of and fed, um, this is what it says in verse 22 and 23. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship to, and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. So Jesus originally wanted to have the time to grieve and to be by himself. Um, but the people that he had compassion on um, kind of took that time away. But as soon as they were taken care of, he went right back to meeting his need in the way that he wanted, which was being alone for a little bit while he could probably pray and grieve and process those feelings. Um, the last example is in Matthew 26, and this is when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane um, about to suffer for our sins. And verse 36 says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Then he goes and starts performing the atonement, and he comes back in verse 40 and says, And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Um, I like this story a lot because the situation is very tender. Um, Jesus is literally suffering for all of the sins of all mankind. And I can't imagine that was easy in the slightest. Um, and what he asks for is for his friends to stay awake with him. Like Obviously, they can't really do much to help him in that situation, but... It seems like Jesus wanted some wanted to know that he wasn't alone, that he was supported, and that he could turn to his friends for comfort, at least after he had struggled. But it turns out that they were sleeping, and he seemed a little disappointed. I imagine he just wanted some company, and his closest friends chose to sleep instead of staying up to support him the best they could. So, yeah, um, Jesus is perfect, and it is a little hard to see how he had needs, but he was part human, and he, was, he got hungry, he got thirsty, he got tired, he was tempted, he had 
physical needs, he had emotional needs, just like everyone else. And obviously, he was the perfect example, and we are all striving to be like him. And I think it's awesome, and something we can learn from him, is that he chose to put off his needs in the very moment that he needed it most, and chose to love other people. I think that is very meaningful and intentional. Um, and I don't think that having needs makes you selfish or weak. There seems to be this idea floating around that like expressing emotion or needing to ask for help is a sign of weakness or that you're incapable. And I mean, sometimes that could be true, but I think the majority of the time um, having needs just makes you human. Even Jesus, who was perfect, had needs. Um, we were made to need others. We are social creatures, and we weren't meant to do this life by ourselves. Okay, so that's the, the first part about am I being selfish for having needs? And now we're going to transition into um, the expecting others to meet them part. Um... So start off with a personal story. Like I've mentioned before, I struggle with depression. And it's somewhat recent. It's been a couple years now that I'm trying to figure it out. But I was dating this girl a few months ago. And it was hard, to say the least, to try and figure out my depression and also explain that to her and help her to understand it when she had no prior experience with it. And... Uh, in this situation, I was, I was expecting her to, to meet my need. Um, and at the time with my depression, I just needed someone to understand me and someone who could connect with me in the ways that I needed, uh, in very specific ways at specific times. And uh, yeah, it was asking a lot and it wasn't fair of me to expect the girl I was dating to be able to meet those needs. Um, like I, I didn't really know exactly what I needed, but I placed it on her to manage my depression, I guess. And that wasn't fair of me. And in hindsight, I can see how it's my responsibility to, to meet my needs. Like, yes, sometimes in that case, it, I did need other people. I needed that social support. And ideally, I wanted it to be the girl I was dating. She was who I was closest to. I wanted her to be the one who filled that need. Um, but sometimes what is ideal or what we expect or what we want or imagine isn't going to happen, isn't going to work out. And it's not fair to force those expectations on someone else and demand that they meet your needs. So I did that for a while and it really hurt our relationship. Um, so, like, what I learned from that is that it's not fair for me to place those demands or expectations on others, but it is absolutely my responsibility to take the initiative to find ways to get my needs met and filled. And what I did in that situation, instead of expecting her to know how to perfectly handle my depression and to love me in all the ways I needed in that dark time of my life, I went and talked with a therapist 
and they were my therapist was trained and knew exactly how to help me how to talk to me and it was very validating and very helpful and on top of that um, there's these two twin girls that live next door to me and they're seven years old and I love them so much and I go and spend time with them and hang out with them and just have fun laughing and enjoying their goodness um, and that's another way that I had that need met I chose to go spend time with them when I was feeling down and wanted that emotional love and connection instead of expecting everything to be met by that one person um, and yeah um, in marriage love is a commitment and you commit to do certain things regardless of how you feel and again I think that's the ideal um, marriage is pretty realistic and we're human we make mistakes we're imperfect um, but I, I do think that is an ideal to strive for um, if your spouse has needs and they're genuine and realistic then I do feel like it's the responsibility of your partner to accommodate and to adjust and to do their best um, to love their partner not because they have to but because they want to if you really love someone like that and you're committed in that way then I feel like naturally you you would want to do those things and to change in those ways to um, selflessly serve your partner but that being said um, unconditional love still has boundaries um, there comes a point when regardless of how strongly and positively you feel about someone you are hurting yourself by allowing them to continue treating you certain ways like if you genuinely need emotional intimacy in your relationship and your partner has made it clear that they don't want to do that at the present moment or don't know how or aren't willing for whatever reason it may be then the most loving thing you could do at that time for yourself and for them is to set a boundary so that they uh, you limit how much they can hurt you and you can still appreciate the good parts of the relationship that you do have um, obviously this works different in different kind of situations like typically two friends like best friends aren't going to be super engaged or interested in meeting your most intimate needs um, and that's not their responsibility um, so yeah it's applicable in different ways depending on what kind of relationship you're talking about um, but I also think that there's a big problem with the word should I, th I, I really don't like this word and I use it more than I should like I just did but I think it instantly creates expectations and when expectations are there it's so easy to feel like you're not good enough um, to feel discouraged and just thinking the thought so-and-so should do this for me or if so-and-so loves me they should or shouldn't do this um, that is instantly surrendering your ability to choose and you're giving that person control over your happiness and your peace um, even if like by law they should do something like in marriage 
like, yeah, you make a promise with that person to take care of them, to be there for them through highs and lows, sickness and health. Um, yeah, they should do that because they promised. But the reality is they're not or they didn't. And getting hung up on that should, that expectation, is giving them control over your happiness. So thinking, just thinking the thought, so-and-so should do this, um, is very liberating. And the only way to be free of that is to take back control, take responsibility for your needs, and take the initiative to find a different way to get them met. Um, and this can be hard because, like, ideally in marriage, you want your spouse to be that person. Um, maybe in your friendship or with your parents or whoever it may be, you have this idea in your head of how you think you want it to go or what would be the most meaningful or most perfect to you. Um, but oftentimes that doesn't happen. And reality hits and we can either choose to be frustrated and constantly annoyed at this person who isn't doing everything that we want them to to make us happy and it's or we can choose to get up and find a different way to get our need met and this is possible even if your need is a social need like you actually do need someone else a different person to to fill something in you um, loneliness or connection or anything it may be um, like for me I took the initiative to go spend some time with my neighbors I love them being around them makes me laugh I feel included and connected yeah so that is about all I've got for today um, you are not selfish for having needs as long as they are realistic and healthy um, but it is not a good thing to expect others to meet them regardless of how close you are in, in that relationship. Um, I don't think it's fair to place the responsibility of your needs on someone else. Um, and I would like to invite all of you listening to, to try to take the time to think and identify if there is a person or multiple people that you're frustrated towards because you're expecting them to meet your needs and I encourage you to let go of that should that you're holding on to um, that's keeping you frustrated I invite you to take back the responsibility and the control for your own life and brainstorm a different way that you can get your meet your need met even if it isn't ideal or, or perfect or what you would imagine um, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, I'm excited to be with you next time.